Hey, well, welcome to Grace. My name is Jesse. I'm one of the pastors. This last summer, I was teaching my kids how to surf, and my kids saw this, surf wax. And they said, Dad, what is the surf wax for? And I said, hey, kids, that's a great question. You see, here's my surfboard. And what you do is you take the wax and you, you kind of scrape it on the top of the board. And what that does, it creates traction on top of the board so that you stick to it so that you don't fall off. They said, well, Dad, can you flip the board around and put the wax on the bottom of the board? I said, no, you don't want to do that because that creates friction on the bottom of the board, which you want to minimize because on the, on the surface of the water, you want to go as fast as you can and the friction slows you down. But the traction on the top of the board is what helps you to stick to the board. You see that the same wax can either cause you to have friction or can cause you to have traction to move you forward or to slow you down. In this series called Temptation Island, we've been talking about uh, how we flourish in a world of deadly temptations because during COVID, we just, the pastors have reflected on temptations are rampant and real for, for most of us, myself included. This, this idea of Temptation Island is that we're drawn into this island of temptation, of isolation and loneliness. And, and when we give in to that temptation, it just takes away all of the good gifts that God wants to give us in our lives. For example, lust. I've seen so many marriages just hurt and damaged because of lust, giving in to that temptation. Or people go into bankruptcy because they can't control their finances and they just impulsively buy things. Or people that had this awesome relationship with God that have given into temptations and they were on fire and now they feel distant from God and, and dry and empty. You see, uh, saying yes to temptation destroys and hurts our relationship with God, our relationship with our loved ones, and with ourselves. And so we wanted to take this topic head on with this series, Temptation Island. Uh, three weeks ago, Pastor Nolan defined the difference between temptation and sin and how they're two different things. And then the week after, Pastor Dan talked about how the process of how temptation becomes sin and how that works from the outside into our hearts. Last week, Pastor Scott talked about how Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and how he battled Satan and how Satan tries to lie to us and get us to believe false ideas about God and in this world and how the first way to overcome temptation is responding with truth, speaking truth to the lies. I have had many mentors and people that are spiritually mature pour into my life who are older than me. And one thing I've come to realize is that temptation is a part of our lives for the rest of our lives. You know, if you overcome one kind of area of temptation in your life, it kind of, it, it, all of a sudden a new one pops up in a different place. And if it's not one thing, it becomes another. And so today, I want us to focus on, instead of pretending like temptation is not a real thing in our lives, what if we learn to embrace temptation in a way that Jesus can use that can help give us traction in life, that can help propel us forward in a deeper relationship with God and with other people. I want us to open up to, to James chapter 1 verse 2 and as you're opening up in your Bibles, I love the book of James. He was the half-brother of Jesus and he is just direct and blunt and practical and just tells it like it is, which I 
appreciate. If you are not in a point in your life where you're reading the Bible, man, this is a great book to start with. The book of James. It's a short five chapter book. Encourage you to, you know, to just read a chapter a day and open up and say, God, speak to me through the book of James. And so James just comes right out of the gate. In in verse two, he helps us reframe how we should look at temptations and testing and trials. He says this, he says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith, it produces steadfastness. How do you view trials in your life? Do you complain about the trials and the challenges of your life? You just kind of complain to everyone around you. Or maybe you, you know, you put it on other people. You're like, you're the reason this institution or that person is the reason that I'm experiencing these trials and these challenges in my life. You see, James wants us to have a, a different view of how, of trials. He wants us to count it with joy when trials come our way. What he is not saying is that we should, you know, have joy because of pain and suffering. He's not saying, you know, oh man, I enjoy it when I'm in pain. No, that's not what he's saying. He's also not saying that, you know, we should ignore the emotional state inside of us. That if we're hurting or sad or grieving or mourning or he's not saying just, you know, put a a smile on it, pretend everything is okay. That is not what he's saying. But what he is saying is count it all joy when you face trials because God can use those trials to make you mature, to, to actually give you traction in life, to help move you forward in maturity and in, in growth. The word steadfast is the Greek word hypomone. Hypomone, it means the power to withstand hardship and stress. The power to withstand hardship and stress. Who doesn't want more of that in your lives, right? Who wants to, who, we all want to have more power to overcome stress and challenges in our lives. But how do we do that when we're homeschooling our kids and we have all these different side hustles going on just to try and make ends meet and social distancing? How do we remain, how do we grow instead fastness because of the trials? I love this illustration. Arizona, Arizona State University built this thing called the Biodome for their sports teams. And they planted these trees in the biodome and these trees would, would grow up and mature and then they would just, boom, they would fall over. And it happened over and over again and they could not figure out why these trees would just fall over. Well, one of the things they don't have in the biodome is wind. You see, what they discovered is that as trees grow up, that the wind, that pressure, that adversity causes the trees to develop strong roots in the ground. And I love that image. And the same is true for us, that when we experience trials and temptation and we allow God to to use it to to propel us forward, they strengthen us. Last week, Jesus was led into the desert, into the wilderness by the Spirit of God to be tempted by Satan. And as he experienced those temptations and overcame those temptations, he exited the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. It was a a, a preparation to strengthen him for the things that he had beyond that. But if Jesus would have given in to those testing, to that temptation of Satan, you see, Satan would have gained a power and an authority 
over Jesus. Jesus would have been bound by those lies that Satan was trying to trip him up in. And in a similar way, spiritually, and even neurologically in our brains, when we give in to the lies of Satan, we become bent and bound to those lies and it gains authority over our lives. You see, either temptation is going to use you or you are going to use temptation. It's either going to become friction that slows you down or it's going to become traction that can help propel you forward. And if we get this wrong, temptation can chew us up and spit us out. But if we, like Jesus, overcome those temptations, we actually gain power and authority and strength over those lies. We begin to see them for what they are and we begin to to have this spiritual authority and power over those things. Is it possible for you to see temptation for what it is and to allow Jesus to to propel you forward. Yes, yes, it is absolutely possible. Temptation is a powerful thing and you do not want to say to temptation, bring it on unless you do the right, unless you have some of the right things in place. My story is full of bad decisions, compulsive behavior dysfunction and addictive personalities and uh, addictive, addictive kind of personality. And I ended up in jail for, for meth and um, lived at a rehab facility for a couple months and have been to therapists and year long, for years, I've been to recovery groups and ministries and Bible studies and getting mentored and reading, reading books. You see, the power of temptation, uh, giving into it can be a powerful thing. And you do not want to say, hey, temptation, bring it on unless you have some things in place. But when you can embrace temptation by saying, bring it on, it can really help you move forward in life. So I've seen people, mighty people of God, fall hard because they have not put into place certain things in their lives when it comes to letting temptation strengthen you and move you forward by God. So two things that I've learned. The first one is this. We need to own our temptation by getting real with other people. We need to own our temptation by getting real with other people. Again, James, he shoots straight. In chapter five, he says this when it comes to being propelled forward. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Let me say it again. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Let me tell you something about sin. It's like an appetite. You feed it a little bit and it gets hungry and it just, it becomes, uh, it, it's never satisfied. It gets hungrier and it craves more of it in different kinds of ways. And we, we get this voracious appetite, this cycle of feeding it and it never being satisfied. It just gets hungry again. But confession and prayer breaks that cycle. It is how we experience healing in our lives. And this is not a one-time thing. You see, it is a lifestyle of confession and prayer. It is the, 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 the journey of healing and transformation is, is, is a lifestyle of, of doing these things and putting them into place. Becoming, the, becoming holy 
which is just becoming more and more like Jesus Christ, is a lifelong process. Have you ever confessed to God the same thing over and over again? God, forgive me. God, forgive me again. God, forgive me again. And it doesn't feel like it's ever changing in your life. You see, we must, according to this verse, not just confess to God, but we need to confess to one another. We need to confess to other people. But you see, we insulate ourselves from this. We self-protect ourselves because of shame, because of fear. We become fragile. We become anxious in our lives because we do not know how to be real with other people. I met my wife at UCSD. Her name is Desiree. And they have this annual event called Take Back the Night at UCSD. And it's this outdoor kind of space at Price Center, which is like the center of campus. And there's hundreds of people that come out this, to this event. And my wife went to the event, not planning on saying anything, but she felt basically it's an open mic um, thing where people can go up and share their experiences of being abused. And my wife showed up not expecting to say anything, but she felt God putting it on her heart to go up and share her experience, not of sin, but being sinned against. And so she went up and shared her story of abuse. And it was such a healing experience for her. And it became like this chain reaction in her life where she continued to, to open up and share about things in her life. And I'm so proud of her and so grateful that she did that and has continued to do that because I have been blessed because of the healing that she's experienced from Jesus in her life and my family and so many other people. You see, God uses the church. He uses his people to help us be real and help us experience healing. The church should be the safest place for any person that's experiencing any anything that's painful or hurtful or temptation or sin to come and open up and confess without any judgment or condemnation, but where you experience freedom and forgiveness and prayer. We have something to learn from recovery programs and ministry like the 12 steps where they, anybody can come and share anything without judgment. And we have our own Celebrate Recovery at, our, at Grace Church where any hurt or hang up or habit, you can confess any addiction and you get the tools to be able to, to grow and to move forward in your life. I have a Monday night a community group that meets at my home and it's, you know, moms and dads and, and singles and kids. And so we open up and share just general things that are going on in our lives. And we pray for each other. And it's, it is a, 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 a very helpful thing for all of us. But on Wednesday mornings, I have a group of guys from the church. And we meet um, a couple times a month. And we begin that time together with confession. And just being real and, and, and praying for each other. And, and I often will open up the time reading this, I, I wrote this. It says, our goal as sons who are loved by our Father in heaven is to be who we truly are in Christ. So we put off our old self and clothe ourselves with Christ. We have each identified a few habits to be held accountable to stop and to start. And you see, each one of us ahead of time have prayed and thought through what areas in my life do I have temptation to sin in? And I want to be accountable to. And I, I don't pretend that they know what those things are or can read my mind. But I have written them down ahead of time. 
things I want to keep doing and things I want to stop doing. And so some of those things on my list, if I can be vulnerable, is number one, lust. Number two, having a healthy relationship with alcohol. Number three, not being angry and yelling at my kids. Number four, being emotionally available and connected to my wife. And there are other things on my list with my quiet time and devotional and all those things. But maybe you can identify with some of the things on my list. The, it, the Bible says and compares Satan to this roaring lion who wants to devour us and, and destroy our lives. And that is absolutely true. But let me tell you something about Satan. His strategies and his different techniques, they're pretty simple and common to everyday people. We all struggle with very similar kinds of things. But Satan wants to try and trick us and make us believe that we're the only one going through it. And that is a lie. And Jesus wants to break down that lie in our lives. And so the question simply is, where are you tempted to sin? Do you know those places in your life? And number two, are, would you be willing to invite other people into those places so that you can get it out and be real with it and experience healing and prayer from other people? This is how we are propelled forward, having traction because of temptation in our lives. There's a Christian hip hop artist his name is Lecrae. And I listened to an interview on a podcast last week. And he wrote a book where he really got into detail about some of his ch childhood abuse experiences. And how he was physically beat up. And how he slept, under, he slept uh, under his pillow. He had a knife under his pillow because fear for his life. And how his father was really distant and absent. And so he was asked in the interview, um, how have these wounds impacted you today as an adult and in the interview he talks about how as this famous hip-hop artist Christian artist how he was uh, really addicted to alcohol and he would get wasted night after night after night and then he would wake up and perform and how he kind of came to his senses and grew past that and this is how he answered that question he said there is freedom in confession but there is suffering in suppression I love that quote when I listen to it. There is freedom in confession, but there is suffering in suppression. If wounds stay hidden, he says, they create other issues in your life. And that has been, I've seen that to be so true. And that's why in my group, when we, when we confess on a regular basis, not just one time, but week after week after week, we begin to experience healing and freedom, and we don't let the things be suppressed, but we get them out and confess them and experience freedom. How many times can we share and confess the same thing over and over again? Let me tell you, as many times as it takes. But when we experience healing, and when we see, man, there's been more and more time and more and more distance and sobriety from these sins in our lives. We celebrate those things with each other. And you may be thinking, man, what a bunch of weaklings. But I tell you, I don't see this as weakness. I see this as strength. This is, let me tell you how the Apostle Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. He says, so to keep me from becoming conceited, a thorn was given me in the flesh. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. 
But the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Then I am strong. You see, we don't know what the thorn in the flesh of Paul was, but we do know that it was a weakness for him and he boasted in his weakness. And I am so grateful that Paul confessed this to the whole entire church so we can know that, that Paul had his own sets of weaknesses. And if you are ready to allow God to use temptation in your life to, to give you traction, to propel you forward in life, you need to own your temptations and be real with other people. The second thing that I've learned in allowing Jesus to use temptation in our life to, to give us traction, to propel us forward, is we need to let Jesus un use your temptations to bring healing to other people. We need to allow Jesus to use your temptations to bring healing to other people. You see, we all have wounds and hurts and scars from the things that have been done to us and things that we have done in our lives. And some of those wounds have been healed by Jesus and are now scars that we can point to. And some of those things Jesus is healing and some of those, we don't even know that they're there, but we can point to those points of healing and say, this is how Jesus has worked in my life. And I wanna invite you to experience healing in your own life too. We, we help other people experience healing. A Christian author, theologian, his name is Miroslav Volf. How about that for a name? He says, removal of sin or evil is always a means and never an end. Redemption is, helps us get to where we are meant to be. But the vision of life is established th through creation and promise in the consummation is, that sets the destination. What he is saying is that healing from sin is not the end. That is just the beginning. You see, when Jesus heals us from our sin and from our brokenness, that we then join with Jesus to bring healing to others and to this hurting and broken world. And often the place we have experienced healing from Jesus is the place that we are called, the purpose that we have to bring healing to other people. Right now, uh, since February, I started my doctorate program in ministry at Fuller Seminary. And my thesis and my research and my, and my kind of data collection and is about the younger generation and all of the different sexual kind of messaging that they're getting these days in culture and society. And I, and I want to, I'm learning how to ha create a, the church having a biblical voice that is beautiful and compelling and powerful that helps set people free for the younger generation. And that comes out of my own story of brokenness and experience, but also a real need, a real need that I see creeping up and coming in for another group of people, for the younger generation coming after me. You see, I love this image that the waves, waves of destruction, imagine a, a, an ocean and those waves that we once were drowning in that someone came and, and Jesus rescued and saved us from, we become like lifeguards who then go and help rescue people from those same very waves of destruction. 
when God drives you with purpose because you've been healed and that temptation uh, is now leveraged to move you forward, to bring healing to other people, it, it, it helps you overcome those temptations. Let me give you some examples. I'm a husband, and so God has called me to protect my heart uh, so that I can give it to my wife alone. And so I call other husbands to do the same thing because that's what God wants. I'm a father of four children. And so right now with my two older boys, I just bought this book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. And it's, it's all about helping protect young minds for, um, from all of the different things out there on the internet. Because my kids, like most kids, are on screens a lot more these days because of school and a lot of other things. And I want to help my kids know how to recognize the difference and have a plan when they see bad pictures. And I want other kids, I want to call other kids to, to know how to deal with that as well. I w went back to school this year in 2020 so that I can learn and grow and become the best pastor and minister for Grace Church San Diego. My wife and I in 2020 started the process to become foster parents. And we're almost there and uh, in the next month or two we're probably going to get the call to be, have a child placed in our family because we want to take God's calling seriously to care for the, the widows and the orphans and the sojourner. Like that is how we grow is by pressing into these things. I'm a small group leader here at the church. And as I prepare Bible studies to help other people learn about God, guess what? I grow the most. I learn the most as I press into that. I have a calling in my life and we all have a calling to leave the 99, the church, the sheep, uh, to go after the one who is lost, who is far from God. And as I go after those that are far from God, God gives me more of his heart for those that are far from him. And these are just a, a few examples. There's a man named Bill Stallo who has been a part of Grace Church for over 50 years. And he recently passed this year. And I would meet with Bill like once a month for lunch. And Bill often said, Jesse, keep busy doing the rights so that you don't have time to do the wrongs. And I just love Bill's wisdom, simple wisdom. You see, serving God and pressing into my purpose and calling causes me to want to be a man of God, a righteous man, a man that is set free to help other people experience healing and freedom. And so the simple application for you today is to own your temptations and get real with other people right here from Grace Church. And then to allow the temptations that you've experienced and the healing to bring healing to other people in your life. Can you imagine if Grace Church were full of people who, when we saw temptation, we looked temptation in the face and said, I see you, temptation. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to cause friction in my life to slow me down, but I'm going to bring it to Jesus and allow Jesus to use you to give me traction, to move me forward, to be transformed into becoming more and more like Jesus. If we can be a church that embraces temptation with joy and grows through it, if we can be a people who owned our temptation and, and helped other people and ourselves when we stumble and fall, we pick each other up and pray for each other in confession. And finally, we use temptation to bring healing to other people.
people. What an amazing picture of what kind of church we could be in the midst of all the temptations around us. This is possible only because of the gospel. You see, because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, the Son of God, he is fully God and fully man, came down to earth, died on a cross as a demonstration of God's incredible love, forgiveness, and grace for you and for me. This is not a concept or information to agree with. This is an, a relationship with God to step into and to walk with for the rest of your life, letting God take hold of your heart in the direction of your life. And when God's grace and forgiveness gets into you and begins to transform you, you can no longer judge other people. You become this person that is like, I get it. I understand my own brokenness and I'm not judging you or condemning you. I am the safe place for you to also experience what I've experienced when you live under the cross of Jesus and his forgiveness of our lives. It sets us free to be the kinds of people who are safe people for other people to experience healing. Do you hear God whispering to you in your ear right now? Do you hear God's voice speaking to you? I love you. I died for you to give you life, new life, eternal life, a gift that begins the moment you say yes to Jesus, but, but doesn't start when you pass. It begins the moment you say yes. Eternal life is for the here and for the now, the healing, the freedom, new life from God. If you want to receive that from God, let's pray. I want to pray for you. Dear Jesus, you can just tell Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're speaking to me and I, I know that you're real and, and, I, and I can just feel your arms coming around me and your presence filling up my heart. And God, I, I confess to you right now, God, that I have, that I have temptation and sin. I, I've broken, I'm broken and I, and I need you, God, to come into my heart and forgive me and heal me and restore me, God. Thank you that you love me. I receive you. Right now, God, I, I pray that all of us would have a, a paradigm shift where we see trials and temptations, not with fear, not blaming other people, not complaining, but we see them with joy. And we say, bring on the temptations because God, you are going to use these things to, to give me strength, to cause me to be steadfast, to mature into godliness. God, give us that that mindset and that perspective. God, may we be people that handle temptation by owning it and bringing it to other people and confessing it and experiencing healing and prayer from other people in our Grace Church community. And God, may we, as we heal from you, may we be blessings to other people by allowing other people to experience healing from you, Jesus. And Lord, in two days is the election. And if our person wins or our person doesn't win, we confess and put our minds in the proper place. Jesus, that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are the beginning from the end. This is just a blip on the larger radar of time. 
And God, no matter who wins the election in a couple days, God, I pray that we would be people of salt and light in this world. Jesus, you tell us that we need to love and pray for our enemies. And so Lord, may we be a kind of people that love all people all the time, no matter who it is. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.